0: Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have free agent edition from the Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph. Six foot six, 265 pounds, 31 years old. Same birthday as my brother, by the way, November 9th. Hmm. Contract details. Came over on, on some good money. Two years, 12 mil. Um, so this year, obviously, is fully guaranteed. And then next year, his cap hit would be seven and a half. Um, but then his dead cap would be two and a half. So you'd save five if they were to move on from him. There's already a complicated signing with Evan Ingram and even Caden Smith, but him being injured makes it a little more complicated. But I said in our Camp Battles episode that if healthy, I want him as tight end one, and we'll go into all the reasons why over Evan Ingram, and I still stand by that. If he's healthy and ready to roll for week one, I think he should get the majority of the reps. I don't think it means you completely bench Evan Ingram. I think you work him evenly. But Kyle Rudolph does more well than Evan Ingram is just a a matchup nightmare. That doesn't become a nightmare for defenses too often.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, Kyle Rudolph, it was kind of a surprise free agent signing. You know, they restructured uh, Levine Toilolo, and we're thinking, all right, we're good with tight end. We're going to roll with the three that we have. You know, maybe they add one late in the draft. You know, maybe they add a, a body here and there. But they kind of pursue Hunter Henry, and then they obviously don't get Hunter Henry, and they sign Kyle Rudolph And Kyle Rudolph, he's in like this weird stage of his career where is he declining? Is he regressing? Is it just going down because he's not playing as much? You know, Irv Smith was in Minnesota the last couple years. So, I mean, basically, even though Rudolph's getting up there in age a little bit, 75%, 81%, you know, 75%, 81%, and 75% catch rate respectively the last three years. Has four seasons of 90 plus receptions in his career. So he has the pedigree. Average 12 yards per reception in 2020. That's two yards better than Evan Ingram. Largely, sometimes that could be scheme driven, but still two yards better than Evan Ingram yards per reception last year. One drop in the last three seasons. That's not scheme driven. One drop in the last three seasons when our tight end won last year. Certainly had that drop problem. And 5.9 yards after the catch per reception in 2020. So definitely the most complete tight end on the roster that we have right now in terms of a guy who can block and a guy who can also run some routes as well
0: yeah i mean we'll go through all of it but now the worry is that if he is in the de- decline you know this past season he only had 28 catches 334 yards and one touchdown in 12 games he missed the last four games but in previous seasons and it's not like he's getting his touchdowns based off of athleticism six touchdowns four touchdowns eight touchdowns seven touchdowns five touchdowns I mean, he has a ton of touchdowns in his career where evan ingram even in Kyle Rudolph's bad year, they both had one touchdown, and Ingram played four more games. Three, three, six. So, Rudolph as a receiving threat in the in the open field isn't going to be too much. He, you know, he's going to run his routes and know where to sit and zones, but he's not going to be the vertical threat that Evan Ingram is. But in the red zone, he's a better like he's a better receiving threat in the red zone because he truly is like. I mean, you look at his touchdowns. It looks like he's getting just a ball thrown into the post in basketball. Wise, like it's like how uh, Kenny Galladay's contested catches look good. Kyle Rudolph just look like he's bullying like little children.
1: Yeah, and I think that's partially the main reason why he's he's brought in. I mean, along with being an, an option in the intermediate part of the field, which uh, you know I guess we can get to that next. Where the Giants just did not have did not have a tight end who could run routes in the intermediate part of the field where Evan Ingram just could not do it, but. He, up, he uh, has continuously outperformed league average inside the red zone, most notably inside the five-yard line year after year. Um, catch rate is always above average, and success rate is always above average as well for Kyle Rudolph inside the red zone. 14 targets inside the 20 in, uh, in 2018, 10 targets inside the 20 in 2019, and only five targets inside the 20 last year, so... Hopefully, you know, we can get those targets up. You know, Giants red zone uh, offense was one of the worst in the league, and Giants offense just in general doesn't matter where they were. A lot of people like to talk about this. has been a talking point throughout camp. It's like, oh, the Giants offense, uh, the Giants red zone offense was bad. Well, I mean, the Giants offense was just bad in general, so everywhere was bad. So Kyle Rudolph helps in every regard. Yeah, I mean, obviously him and Galladay were, like, were conceded
0: efforts to get better in the red zone. Um, And, again, he's the king of those, like, back-of-the-end zone throws. And he's not going to kill you with speed like like Evan Ingram. But he does everything. I want to talk about his blocking, though, because I really do think that yeah. is a big part of why they brought him in. Because yeah. he can be that good blocker, but also like be somewhat of a receiving threat. Like Something that me and you have talked about just football-wise is like the Minnesota Vikings outside zone that they ran with Kevin Stefanski. And then he brought that to the Browns. But you have to have the personnel for that. You have to have tight ends that aren't total... Non-threats as a receiver who can block out on the edge, and Evan Ingram was never going to be that. Like, and there was rumors that the Giants' offense was going to be skeened around outside zone, and we saw that a little bit at Pittsburgh. But then Saquon Barkley going down obviously changed that. But I, I think there's no way they're going to be able to do that consistently, successfully, with Evan Ingram as your tight end one. But you pick, you give Rudolph and even Caden Smith like reps together. And and again, you're not eliminating Ingram from the game plan, but giving those the reps together, then you can like run that outside zone, which it sets up you know more play action, and it's why Kevin Stefanski has been like such a good offensive coordinator is that outside zone, and it sets up all types of play action, and it just makes things easier where Evan Ingram has to essentially, you know, be ver- used vertically or or on a drag route where he like he only wins with his speed, where Rudolph you have that threat of. That run inside, run outside, run, or a vertical passing, you know, threat, or just use, you know, the stick concept.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Unless the Giants reimagine the the roles of their tight ends, which I I think they should. But if the Giants basically kind of go with the same approach as last year with their tight ends, and basically Kyle Rudolph is is the new Caden Smith, which I certainly hope is not the plan, because Kyle Rudolph, you know, I we like Caden Smith, but Kyle Rudolph certainly. Just has much more of a better pedigree and is a little bit more well-versed than Caden Smith is. But if the plan is to use Kyle Rudolph and him replace Caden Smith, then blocking is going to be the large majority of his responsibilities. And you know, Caden Smith got 45% of snaps and you said he, and we he missed the game, right? Yeah, he
0: missed the game because of COVID.
1: So it's not that Caden Smith just didn't never got his opportunities. He was on the field. It's just that he never really got consistently got his pass, you know, running routes opportunities in those and being involved in the passing game. And we're, you know, the the hope is that, hey, we can have multiple tight ends involved, but I find every year, you know, saying, hey, you know, let's get Red Ellison involved when he was a giant. Let's get Caden Smith involved. Let's get this guy involved. And I've really found, and this is just I maybe just an analyzing football type of deal, where it's very tough to really fully integrate Two tight ends into the passing game, um, and I hope the Giants have some sort of plan to do that for Rudolph. But I'm willing to, if I were a betting man, I'm willing to put more money that Rudolph is going to be more of a blocker more than anything. Which re- it's a pretty expensive blocking tight end.
0: Yeah, he's a blocking tight end, but he gives you the actual threat of some re- uh, of being more than just like he has a much higher pedigree as a receiver than Brett right. Ellison. Yeah, you know, like he's scored a lot of touchdowns in this league, and and when you're in the red zone. You have to make sure you got someone big on Kyle Rudolph. Yep. Where other, you know, even you know guys like we like like Caden Smith, you don't need someone big on Caden Smith. You didn't need someone big on Red Ellison. So I do think he adds more. I know we did this in the Camp Battles episode. Where do you see his and Engram Ingram's reps going? Because if you look at what Minnesota did, I mean, it was a pretty even split with him and Herb Smith around like sixty five percent. Um, and we'll we could finish off talking about the injury. If he's healthy and, like, gets back soon, I really do see them. Because, I mean, they signed him. They were looking at Hunter Henry. Like, they didn't bring him in to not play Kyle Rudolph. They didn't give him a contract with an injury. Like, a pretty decent contract with an injury not to play him. So, like, you know, Caden Smith got essentially half the reps last year. I expect Kyle Rudolph to get more than that.
1: Oh, 100%. And... You know, I just got finished saying if I were a betting man, I would say that he's going to be, more or less, we're going to look back at this year and his role is going to be, hey, Kyle Rudolph is just a very expensive blocking tight end. But if they do have plans to mix the reps between Engram and him, basically making Kyle Rudolph that in-line tight end and Evan Engram can be the guy that can split out wide, which I hope that that is kind of like the plan that that they kind of have. Where the middle of the field, and you know, I said it earlier, but the middle of the field, the intermediate part of the field, was non-existent for tight ends last year. And granted, for all the crap that we give Jason Garrett for you know not being very creative, he does clearly prioritize having a tight end that can run routes in the middle of the field, and Kai Rudolph can certainly do it. So I hope I hope the break you know the breakdown somewhere 50-50, and Kyle, I don't see a world where Kyle Rudolph is getting more snaps than Evan Ingram, though. Yeah, I just know
0: they didn't, like, but if that happens, it's going to have to be extremely close. Because, again, they didn't bring Kyle Rudolph in to play to play what Caden Smith did last year, right. you know, where Caden Smith was solely a blocker. You know, he was uses that, and I still think they're going to use Caden Smith in that role, and they ran, you know, they ran the second most three tight end sets last year, only to the Cleveland Browns, who ran that outside zone stuff. So I, I do think we'll get some more of that stuff. But I like I think there's going to be Kyle Rudolph and Caden Smith reps, you know where Evan Ingram was on the bench and they yep. got those two guys out there where you can use Caden Smith as like that fullback lead blocker, but also trust the guy on the front side with Rudolph to where you, like you're a threat on both sides.
1: Yeah, and that's what we wanted to see last year. <laughs> I feel like first downs we wanted to see Evan Ingram kind of on the bench and Toilolo and Caden Smith in there running some twelve personnel with heavy. Uh, that's a very heavy rushing formation, but if you have Saquon Barkley, you know, you're, you're here for it. So um, rooting for your Kyle Rudolph this year and rooting for the contract to be worth it. Clearly you're, you're right. You know, Giants were prioritizing tight end this offseason. Hopefully we can find a way to use this guy right and get healthy. Anything else on Rudolph? No, that is it. All right, let's take a break.
0: Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have outside linebacker Edge Effetti O'Denebo. Six foot three, two hundred fifty-eight year uh, two hundred fifty-eight pounds, twenty-seven years old. I almost did the age again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't restart like I'm at home. Nope. Uh, the Giants signed him on a one year two point five million dollar contract. Thirty-five tackles, three and a half sacks, three tackles for a loss last year. The year before that he had twenty three tackles, seven sacks, and seven tackles for a loss. In fact, his first sack was on Daniel Jones. Justin, right now I don't think either of us view him as like the top two as the edge guys, but he's the top sack getter in the edge group, like for career wise. Yeah. You know, like he's got t- like ten and a half over the last two years. If any of our other guys had that, we would be talking about them, like put them in the role right now. But I think a kinda of switching from a hand in the ground to a stand up edge guy, it's kinda of, a little bit of wait and see with them.
1: Just getting this out of the way. It's hot in here, and I'm sweating. All right? Shreddy. It's,
0: it, it's compared to Florida. It's fine.
1: Well, ps- I, I don't live in Florida. I am a privileged New Jerseyan who loves it being 65 degrees and indoors and all And trash day. on the side of the road. And trash on the side of the road. There's a lot of trash on the side of the road in New Jersey. Yeah. Odenbo. O- Odenabo. Um, uh, can I call him Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because Go for it because uh, I I we got a YouTube comment that says uh I cringe whenever Justin says uh Fetty's last name. So I'm just going to call him Obi-Wan Kenobi like I did when, when we signed him. Yeah, he has the most cr- he has the most production out of all of our edge rushers, which is I mean nothing uh or celebrate, really, but he does have the most production in the edge room. Um, we signed him thinking he would be an interior defensive lineman. I'm still going to put my head at night, still thinking to myself that if Eddie's a def- an interior defensive lineman, but I think because of just the way the roster's broken down with the depth that we have at interior defensive line, and then also the, the need for edge pieces in general, even though there's a lot of names in the room, there's still a, a need for Production And that is certainly... The Giants did not get any production out of the edge room um, last year. And I think really this signing... I think this is further evidence that the Giants, at least right now... They did go after um, what's-his-face Leonard Floyd from Los Angeles. So they did go after him. But I think this is still further evidence of Cefetti signing that the Giants... The approach to their edge rusher room is penny-rich-dollar poor. I think he's very good value. Um, definitely should be better production-wise as Kyler Fakro, But obviously... Can't drop back into coverage, so he may not be as complete of a player as Kyler Fackrell. Six games with at least three pressures in 2020, 65% of the snaps. And five pressures with at least two pressures in 2019, 34% of the snaps. That's going to be the key for this edge rusher room. You know, we saw Lorenzo Carter last year. He took that step up when he got 90% of the snaps. You're not always going to be getting 90% of the snaps. How can you get into the game and how can you be productive even when you're not getting... 80% Eighty percent of the snaps where you really can get your C legs under you and get to know your opponent. And Fetty seems like he can get that production. And he can be valuable even if he's not out there for you know being a full time starter. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I thought he was going to
0: play D line. I thought he was going to play that B J Hill like defensive tackle slash D lineman who lines up over the tackle, but he's usually got someone outside of him. But they're listing him as an outside linebacker. They have him working with the outside linebacker. So that's what he's doing. And that really does change what I initially thought of of a Fetty because he's moving to like that true end position. And part of the reasons I thought he would play as one, he's always had his hand in the dirt. He's had some stand up reps, but he's mostly been a hand in the dirt pass rusher. Also, he doesn't drop back in the coverage. Like he had two coverage reps the entire year for 2020. But it does change like for some positives too. Like, is, like, pass rushing, is he going to bend the edge um, with his speed? No. But, he like, he he's pass rushed off the edge for his career and, and gotten production. You know, he's got a good bull rush. And then pass rushing, if you move him inside, like, he is the type of guy who he's got a different set of pass rush moves. You know, he's not just like, you know, he's got his one bull and pull or the hand swipe. He does multiple things. And I think, like, that versus when you do line up on the interior, which he can do, has done. I mean, hell, his first sack of his career was that, like, nose tackle versus the Giants. Like, that's where he can embarrass offensive linemen, where I don't think he's ever going to embarrass a tackle. He'll get sacks versus a tackle, but I don't think he's ever going to get, like, those embarrassing, like, just makes him look silly, where in the inside he can do that.
1: Let's bring back the NASCAR. You ready for this? Lorenzo, Bunder Williams, the and Aziz. Aziz. I think you will see that. I actually I think that'll be,
0: like, a lot of third-down reps, if they're wanting to play, you know, man, press, you know, and they're not trying to play zone and disguise things like, hey, we're going to blitz. It's like, let's get our four best pass rushers
1: out there. Or even um, uh, B.J. Hill on the inside or B.J. Hill on the end. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence on the inside. And then Fetty like week three against Matt Ryan. And I'm talking particularly against non-mobile quarterbacks. Put the big guys out there, like the three defensive lineman formations with Effetti out there. Like, utilize those three defensive lineman formations. I know we're excited about Aziz. I know we're excited about Lorenzo Carter, you know, O'Shane Zimenez. Hopefully, we can get healthy, make the team, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm also excited for the potential of, you know, if Effetti's going to be recognized as an edge rusher, an outside linebacker, three defensive lineman formations with him on the end, I think that could be valuable. I know he's not really the best run defender, but strength wise, I mean, that is a very strong defensive line at front four when you have him on, like, the outside, Leonard Williams on the other outside, and then guys like B.J. Hill, Danny Shelton, Dexter Lawrence, all maybe on the inside. I mean, that is a very strong front four.
0: And, you know, he's a situational pass rusher, but, like, the maybe not such a great run defender. A lot of my views on that were because he was lining up on the inside. And he couldn't handle, like, the guard tackle, double teams, and pass all. Like, he would get moved off the spot. And that still happens when he's lined up on the end versus tight ends and stuff, or, you know, tackles. But now that you have him on the outside, lining up probably against tight ends, um, that makes it to where like his, where I would say poor run defense at times like go away. Where he's not facing, you know, he's not facing a guard. You know, he's a he's facing a guy like Cam Fleming who who's not going to be mauling you off the ball. Where you know most guards can maul maul you off the ball, so that helps. Um, But what I do wonder is the fact that he just doesn't drop in the coverage. Like, it's not that I don't think he could not pass rush off the edge, play run defense off the edge. He just flat out doesn't drop back in the coverage. I mean, and they took, they didn't give Marcus Golden real snaps, and he was the flat out best pass rusher on the team last year, and he didn't get reps because he didn't really, like, you know, anybody can drop in the coverage, but he wasn't, like, good and well-versed in it. Fetty has, like, no experience in that, and I don't know how much they're going to coach him up in camp to where you know they can feel comfortable with him out there, whereas Aziz and Lorenzo are like those perfect fits that are the do it all type of edge players.
1: Can he? Marcus Golden was flirting around the thirty percent snap mark before he was traded. I mean, and largely coming in on passing downs. Is this? If, would you be? Shocked to see that he ends the... Now, usually these things work themselves out with injuries, and I have a feeling that the Giants' edge room is going to work itself out with some injuries and guys that are available, guys that are not available. So it usually works itself out. But by the time we end the year, if everything's perfect, he finishes the year with 35%, 40% of the snaps. I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all.
0: I I think that's right where he's around, is is, is 35-40. But I think sometimes... With Effetti coming in the camp and the free agency signing, I think a lot of people thought he might be, even be the number one guy with Lorenzo coming back from injury, and if not that, the second guy. But it really does seem like they're going to push Aziz to play quickly, um, and I, I think that hurts Ode, Odeneb, uh, Effetti more than anybody more than yep. it does Lorenzo. So I think he's going to get plenty of reps. You know, I, I don't. It's not that I think he's going to be he's going to phase out of the defense, but I, I don't see him playing more than fifty percent. I see him around that 35%, 40 percent. Which is a good amount. It's not like he's not playing. Like, that's a that's yep. a key contributor to the defense playing yep. those reps. Absolutely. Anything else on a Fetty
1: Giants' edge room is, is a pretty complex and fun conversation to have during the summer. I mean, if it's been one that we've been having since the spring, kind of going back and forth on what they may do, what it may look like who's going to get the reps, uh, analy- you know, even going down to analyzing, you know, shout out, you know, this is Research Rick's uh, MO. You know, you have to kind of look at how Patrick Graham and how the Giants want to go about with formations, with defensive formations, which usually isn't something that you look at on the front end. You're usually looking on the back end, like how many defensive backs are on the field. That's always something that, you know, the broadcast, they always like to show. But, you know, not really looking at, what's going on at the front four and if there's linebackers or if there's defensive linemen. And when you include a, a guy like uh, Odenebo, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, when you include a guy like him, because he doesn't really have a clear role, previously an interior defensive lineman now going to edge, it's a conversation where it's like, oh, what are they going to do when you have to analyze in a very particular kind of way, especially if you want to try and predict what's going to happen because that's what we kind of do in these PPPs. We project.
0: Preseason football, does a Fetty. Drop back in the coverage on 10% or ten percent or more of his reps or less than 10%. I'm going to go, this
1: is wild. He's got to get out there preseason, first of all. So Just hold, hold. percent of his reps, not the total reps. You got to try it. Let's go over. You got to try it. Let's I try think it out. So. Yeah,
0: preseason. So if he, even if he gets 10 reps, put two in coverage. That's more than he did all season. Boom. So. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, let's go Big Blue.